Hallelujah. Trying to get ready this morning. Caught me not fully ready. Praise God. We're going to get ready now. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Let's go ahead and get into the book of Hebrews this morning. Welcome to the Old Path Bible Study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad to have you with us whenever it is and however you found us online on social media. This has been a great Bible study and this morning it's going to get more rich. It's going to have more nutrition than we've seen ever in the past. This 14th verse in chapter 9 of Hebrews has got more meat in it, more bread in it, more, more power in it, more revelation and insight in it than, than, than almost any other one Bible verse in the Bible. It's so packed with so much illumination, so much light and wisdom. And today we're going to see a lot of that, and I praise God for that opportunity to be here. This today is Hebrews chapter 9, part 13, on this 27th day of January 2022. So grab your Bibles and let's get ready to dig in uh, this morning to see what the Lord has for you and for me. Hallelujah. Hebrews 9 and 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. This one verse confirms even more so what the Apostle Paul taught and what we've learned ourselves and even this place of being determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, this place the Holy Spirit brings every true seeking God born again Christian. Wanting to know why I can't live, why I can't live right, why sin continues to blast me and hold me in, these pl in this place of bondage and, and all I can do is say, well, at least I'm not as bad as I used to be. Nobody's perfect. We're not going to be like Jesus till we get there. And all those factual statements by which none of them we live, we live by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, which is truth. We don't live by facts. Facts will keep us in the cages of bondage with the key locked inside the lock. It'll keep us there in our excuses. And the true born again seeking God Christian like the Apostle Paul wants to know why I can't live for God like the Bible says I should be. Why I can't stop doing things I know I don't want to do and why I can't get involved and do things that I know I should be doing. And the answer to all that can be seen even in this 14th verse. Look at this together with me this morning. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the Holy Spirit, the eternal Spirit, he offered himself without spot, without sin, he offered himself to God by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, there's so much in this verse. And it was to purge, what he did there was to purge your conscience, my conscience. It was, it was done for all men, Hebrews 2 and 9, for the purging of all consciences of men. 
Nobody in the Old Testament under the, uh, the, the law, which was by the avenue through which the sacrifices of animals were offered, could purge the conscience. It couldn't, nobody under the Old Covenant had a clean and purged conscience. Those were all works, but they were dead works. They couldn't even go to heaven when they died. God, God honored what they did because their faith was in a coming Redeemer. And only those who offered the animal sacrifices with their heart reaching for the promise of a Redeemer, they were the ones that their works weren't considered dead. But still, their conscience could never be cleansed, could never be pure under the old covenant because the blood of animals couldn't purge the conscience, couldn't purge it. So we need to think about these things now. But, but we're going to see something very powerful this morning. That unless our faith as Christians remains in the blood of Jesus, our works will be considered dead works. Because only when our faith is in the blood of Jesus does the Holy Spirit work in and through us. It, listen, if you're teaching anything contrary to that statement, you're a part of the apostate, lying, backslidden wandering church. The Holy Spirit does not just go ahead and do a work in our hearts anyway when we're not trusting in the blood. You can forget it. That's what the pulpits in our nation and all over the world have succumbed to. So, well, God will do it anyway. Listen, if, if God told uh, the, the Paul to tell the people in Galatia that because they're now trusting in circumcision again, that Christ, they've fallen from grace and Christ won't be able to affect them or profit them. He told them that. Read it in the book of Galatians. And if God told them that, and then you sit here and tell me, but God still works even in your heart and does things in your heart even when you're not trusting in the blood, when you're trusting in the purpose-driven, the government of 12, the, the carrots and green beans that you're eating for spiritual growth, all anything other than faith, simple, childlike faith in the cross, he's still working. My friend, let's get this, let's make sure this, come to, this came to the table over the last week. Matter of fact, it started a week ago last night, just talking with someone before the worship service. If that were the case, if God continued to work in you, even when you weren't trusting in the blood, that would make him a respecter of persons. To tell the church in Galatia, you can't be profited or affected by Christ now because you're not trusting in the blood, you're trusting in circumcision. He, God calls that a a dead work. And to say that the Holy Spirit goes on and, and does anyway, matures us and grows us, my friend, I don't care how you word that. It's nothing but man's wisdom. Only when our faith is in the blood, not was, only when our faith is in the blood are our works not dead works. The church in Sardis, read about it in Revelation 3. 
called out by Jesus Christ, that they had a name, they were alive, but they were dead, Jesus told them. Not a good dead, a bad dead, a non-fruit-bearing place dead, a branch in the vine, but not bearing fruit. Dead works, many works, so much that they had a sign out there, a church that's alive, you hear them all, all the time now, a church alive is worth the drive, Ain't no church alive if it's not a church preaching the blood of Jesus. Opening that Bible and pointing to Calvary, hallelujah. Any, open that Bible and point to anything else. And you're, the preacher, if he doesn't open that Bible and point to the cross, then he's only offering the people what will keep them in the place of being conformed to this world. But he op if he opens that Bible and points them to Calvary, he's pointing them through the Scriptures to the place where God can make them conformable unto. Hallelujah. And I'm going to say it this morning. The only people that God foreknew, Romans 8.29, are those who are being <clears throat> conformed into the image of His Son. Romans 8.29, and that is defined clearly in Philippians 3.10, those who are being made conformable under the death of Jesus. And, and nobody's being made conformable under the death of Jesus unless they're seeing the Scriptures giving us the light of the path of the process of progress of being made conformable under the death of of Jesus. As long as our faith remains in the blood, and it will only if we're hearing the word in the context of the blood. Jesus is the living word, and he offered himself as the living word, the Lamb of God, so that we could be, our consciences could be purged, and we could be, listen, we could be delivered from dead works to serve the living God. Only when our faith is in the blood, not was, not just because I got born again through faith in the blood, but because my faith is in the blood, will my works be by the Holy Spirit. If, there, if my faith is in anything other than the blood, the Word of God in the context of Calvary, my works are dead. I don't care how talented I am at using a microphone and fleshly stirring the people in the congregation. I don't care how well I can dramatically in Hollywood style tell the old covenant stories and bring down the house, so to speak. If I don't point to the blood of Jesus, if I don't point to the death of Christ, if I don't point to the cross of the Lamb of God, we left with nothing but an excited flesh and to disagree with this is to be a part of an apostate church. Listen, I want to speak for a moment to all those who God has brought back to a place of being determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Those who are journeying right now in the process and they're on the way of reaching that place that Paul the Apostle reached that every Christian is called to walk in and to reach that place of being determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. That place where we realize finally we come to the conclusion that God forbids that we boast in anything other than that which crucified the world 
unto us and us unto the world. And that's the cross of Christ. When you reach that place, my friends, my ministerial friends who are preaching this message and all the naysaying and all the negative comments, they're just a bunch of elitists. They, they, they just act like they've got it and nobody else has got it. I want you just to remember Noah. Noah kept driving the nails in that wood. Oh, they called him elitist. They called him an extremist. They called him all sorts of names. But Noah, by faith, was crucified to the world. Glory be to God. He was crucified to the world. And all, even all these preachers in the church today that are just trying to keep the attention on their ministry and they won't preach this message. They won't become determined to know nothing else but this message. That's the world still operating in them. And all the voices, all the words, they call you elitist, extremist, fanatic. They call you all these things. Remember this, preachers of the cross, those who become determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified, they only speak those things from the lofty positions of pride that they sit in, peering down from their lofty positions of pride among those that are lower than them they think listen the world the church is full of the world and you and I have to preach the blood because if we don't there will never be those that come out of all these religious attitudes which is the world that's been crucified unto us and us under it. When we begin to see, my friends, the world through the lens of Calvary, then we won't have anything else to talk about but Calvary because there it is. The spirit of the world is what crucified Jesus. And unless we're willing to give ourselves to this message, to every degree we're not willing to become determined to know nothing else is a portion, a degree. It's a degree in a, in a certain place that that spirit of the world has in our hearts. Man, they're out there saying all kind of things, negative, but it's only to keep the attention on their message. It's only to, to get your attention off the Noahs of today who are the preachers of righteousness, who are preaching the message of the cross and never jot and tittle of the word. Peter said that we, the church, will go blind again if we don't remember that we were purged from our old sins. What Peter said in 2 Peter 1 9, read it. The church can go blind. The church can lose out. The church can have their name blotted out. The church can have received with joy the great gospel and then through the pleasures of the world throw it out. Peter said in 2 Peter 2 and 21, it's better that you would have never known the way of righteousness than having known it Turn away from God's holy commandment. You, you, you understand that. So keep preaching the message. All the accusations, that they don't like this, they don't like that. Listen, that's the spirit of the world that we're crucified to. They, they, we're not, listen, they've not reached the place yet where they 
are determined to know nothing else. And until they do, just keep preaching this message and some of them will reach it. Some of them will throw the towel in. Some of them will never accept it. Some of them will always say there's other important things too. In God's eyes, there's nothing more important than the gospel. There's nothing that he doesn't hold fast tied to the gospel. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Hebrews 1 and 3. Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. The word of his power. That's the word of the cross. For that's what allows him to have power in our lives. Hallelujah. But I want us to see something powerful in this today. And that's this. Let's read verse 14 and then trinkle into verse 15. Watch very carefully. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the Holy Spirit, the eternal Spirit, he offered himself, Hebrews 1.3 says he offered himself, by himself having purged our sins, which reveals you can't play a part in that. You had nothing to do with your salvation except with a broken heart believing under righteousness and accepting Christ payment for your sin, suffering for your sin, for the forgiveness of your sin. That's the part you play. If you add to that something you do to complete your salvation, you're eliminated from it. You're eliminated from it. It's not Christ and Him crucified and that second and eliminates you from the prior, from the previous. It's, it's Christ and Him crucified, period. If you put another and water baptism and speaking in tongues and going to church and re- for salvation, you eliminate yourself from salvation. Watch now. He offered Himself without spot this refutes the, 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 the Jesus died spiritually, word of faith doctrine, and all that's tied together. If you've never heard of that, look it up, the Jesus died spiritually doctrine. The, Kenneth Copeland and the hordes of liars and false prophets and that Jesus, it's not our Jesus. They don't just have a, a few things wrong about our Jesus. They don't have the same Jesus. Their Jesus became a sinner. Their Jesus went to hell and suffered as a sinner for three days. Not in your Bible, different Jesus. Our Jesus declared from the cross, it is finished, fulfilled, perfected, door open, God speaks through it, declares his righteousness, and all that believe with the heart unto that declared righteousness through faith in the blood, God immerses them right through the very portal he declared his righteousness through, which was the death of Jesus, the finished perfect work that makes us complete and perfect in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Watch this now. Uh, He offered himself without spot to God and this is the only avenue of purging our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Watch carefully now. Verse 15. And for this cause... Get this now. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the new covenant. That by means of death, not by church attendance, not by Bible reading, not by prayer, none of those things are the answer. Let's read this again. This is so good. Oh my goodness. We we need to always remember 
that, that the cross is the answer for everything that man has an issue with. Everything. It's what we give God praise and thanks giving for every day more and more as our days proceed in this life. And it's what we look to for every ounce of grace for ministry, grace to be a father, a husband, a mother, a wife, a, a, an honorable and obedient child, son and daughter. Uh, everything comes through from God through the cross to us, and anything we're offering to God has to go back through faith in the cross for Him to receive it. If it's not faith in the blood, my friend, it's only a dead work. I don't care how beautiful you can sing. If you're not singing through faith in the blood, you're not singing to God. You're singing to yourself. I hate to have to be the one to tell you that. There's only one door that God offers everything through, and as we're receiving what he's offering through that door, our thanksgiving, our worship, our giving, our prayers, our works, everything must be offered to him through faith in that sacrifice. For there is nothing out here. This is all the world. God has one door he offers through all the benefits of the new covenant. And any fruit that's bare is because we're offering to God our hearts again today through faith in that blood. Outside of that, it's a dead work. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Romans, Romans chapter 7, and this is concerning after his born-again experience, I was alive once without the law. Well, Paul never was without the law until he was born again, and that made him alive, and the law had no part of that. It was meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus, Jesus revealing himself to Paul as the one they'd crucified, and he was alive. He believed upon him, and he was alive without the law. But Paul says there in the ninth verse of chapter 7, but when the commandment came, when the commandment came, that means when he looked back to the commandment to try to start living and performing the commandment, the sin nature revived, and he says, I died. He was back in dead works. He was back as a branch in the vine without fruit. See, to be engrafted in the vine means to have faith in the blood. That's what puts you in the vine. And if that life flow from the vine is going to continue into the branch, you're going to have to continue to have faith in the blood, the death, the cross of Christ. And if you move your faith to any of these golden calves that have crept into the church, all the works based on faith in those things is dead. The Daniel 21-day fast, you think you're doing that to get something from God? It's a dead work. Anything you think you can do to grow and receive of the Lord instead of simple faith in the cross is a dead work. You know how many people, millions of Christians in America now, right now, read their Bible every day as a dead work because they're really not trusting in the blood of Jesus. Oh, now if you ask them, they'll say that's what saved them, but that's not what they're trusting in today. That's not what they're trusting in today. Listen to them talk and you will hear that's not what they're trusting. You're going to talk about what you're trusting in. 
Most Christians today, they don't mind talking about their preacher or their church or their events and programs at church, but to talk about the word in the context of the blood, you go searching for the Christians that want to do that and you will find yourself in a rare place. You're not going to find hardly any Christians anywhere. They're out there, but they're far and few in between that just want to talk about the Word in the context of the living Word and what He did as the Lamb of God. You don't believe me? Have you recognized in the classroom, young folks, or have you recognized in the, on, the, on the job site, friends, that they'll talk about four-wheelers and they'll talk about hunting and they'll talk about everything under the sun. And some of them, Christians, they'll even talk about things going on at their church. But you just start bringing scripture on the scene in the light of the cross and all of a sudden they look at that watch and say they've got somewhere to be. I'm not being ugly today. I'm just telling you the reality of the time in which we live. Jesus said deception would be rampant and it would be the sign of the end of the age. And I am so amazed that any time anybody talks about deception, the Christian thinks about everybody but themselves. If your faith, my friend, is not in the blood of Jesus, the death of Christ, your faith in Him being crucified for you and you being crucified with Him, to say the least, you are miserable and you are suffering, you know what your faith has been in, you know what you're doing is nothing more than works and you're miserable. You go home and you argue and you spit and spat with your spouse and you're wondering why your marriage is not far better than it, than it, than it is after all these years of being a Christian. The answer is very simple. It's not two or three answers. It's one answer. If you would look to the blood you would find the life that's only found in the blood. Watch verse 15. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the new covenant. That by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. That's far more than you saying you're going to heaven. That's far more than I, me saying I'm going to heaven. I have received as a Christian, a child of God, this promise of eternal inheritance and it doesn't begin when I get to heaven. It begins now. The one who is eternal life dwells in me now by his spirit. He is the mediator, the distributor of what he died for us to be able to have. Now, I love Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It's impossible to please God without faith. But they that come to God, and I hope you're coming to God every day, they that come to God must believe that He not was, not will be, but that He is. See, Christianity is about a right now thing. Most Christians have made it just about going to heaven and thank God for that mansion that's awaiting you there. But I just hope you make it because it's, it's not a guarantee that you're going to make it. If you don't think you and I can be deceived, we're already very gullible. 
We can be deceived. We can throw in the towel. We can quit. We can walk away. Uh, we can walk away. I don't care what uh, uh, Calvin said. I don't care what anybody says today. The Bible's full of the, the reality that your name can be blotted out after it's been written in. That's in the Bible. And to try to change that and reword that to make it fit your fleshly lust because you're fearful is just heresy and, and, and damnable. But I want to say this before we quit today. The cause is God's righteous cause. There's a verse I want to read to you in Psalms 35, 27. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That through his death, we might they that which are called might be and receive the promise of eternal inheritance. But let me read this in Psalms 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. See, it's all about God's righteousness. He declared it through the death of Jesus. You believed it with the heart unto that righteous declaration. He declared it Calvary. And then your lips begin to talk about it. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, continually, continually. Not how this program works and that program works. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. The prosperity of God's servant is his righteous status in Christ Jesus. And those who are his are being made conformable unto that prosperous status, which is the death of Jesus. Those who are his, those he knows who are his, are being made conformable unto that prosperous status, the righteousness of Christ, bearing forth the fruits of that righteousness, only offered initially as our status and daily as our fruit through faith in the blood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not just keep working in your life. You can sing all the songs you want to. Read as much Bible as you want. Pray as often as you want. But until that heart comes back to believing under righteousness, which simply means faith in the cross, seeing the world through the lens of Calvary, that the world has been crucified. Let me say that again. The world has been crucified. Galatians 6.14, unto me. And I've been crucified under the world. And until we begin to look at the world through the lens of Calvary, we'll accept it right into the church. That's why we've got to be determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. For any ounce, any ounce of knowledge outside of that is the world's knowledge and it will creep into our pulpits and our churches. The church is already rampant with ministers. Some of them don't even want to be ministers. They don't even, they're there because they've been pressured into it all their life since a little boy. They call it the prophetic calling. They call it, you know, the blah, 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 blah. If you're a minister, that means your time is given to the Word, the study of the Word, and prayer. 
and the people that you minister to can evidently tell it. And if you have other things that you would much rather be doing than being the minister God's called you to be, you're not called to be in the fivefold ministry. And that ought to be enough to make you search the scriptures right there. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for joining in with us on these uh, Bible studies. And we just praise God for all the soldiers of the cross, all those who are hear hearing the call of God through Moses in these last days. Who's on the Lord's side? Not who's on our side. That's what they'll say we're saying. Who's on the Lord's side? And I'm glad that I'm on his pierced side. I'm in that pierced side. And the call still goes out today. Who's on the Lord's side? Again, thank you for being with us. Don't forget to tune in in the morning at 9 a.m. Central Time. We'll be continuing our study in the hiding place. Tomorrow's main topic in that series is treasure in the hiding place. You don't want to miss it. Glory be to God. I love you. If God stirs your heart to sow into this good ground, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. Believe in God for you and with you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then. God bless you.